You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast, episode number 113. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Welcome back to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Porterfield. Thank you so very much for being here. Now, today's episode is part one of a two-part series, and we are going to talk about creating your sales page, something that truly can make or break a launch. And I talked to my team about this, and we all agreed that there's a lot to cover that I actually wanted to break it up into two episodes. The first episode is going to be all about the art of creating a brilliant sales page. And I'm going to share with you what I've actually learned from my own copywriter, Rye Schwartz, about getting into the mindset of your perfect ideal customer, how to speak to them, what needs to be discussed, how to lay things out in a way that they really feel that you get them, that you're talking directly to them, and this is exactly what they need to hear. And then next week, we're going to transition into part two, which is the science of a brilliant sales page. And in that episode, I actually brought in, I already recorded it. I did this a little bit backwards. I brought in my good friend, Melanie Duncan. And the reason I did that is because Melanie knows a lot about sales pages. She knows what goes into them, why to set them up in a certain way. Like there's a flow to your sales page. She knows the core elements that need to be in that sales page. I have seen many, many high converting sales pages that Melanie has created. And I thought she'd be perfect to bring onto the show to talk about all of those elements and get really into detail into the most important ones. So that's going to be in next week's episode, number 114. So today we'll talk art, next week we'll talk science, and really you're going to get a complete picture of how to create a brilliant sales page. Now, when I talk about the art of a sales page today, I'm going to give you four questions that you need to ask yourself before you even sit down to start writing the copy for your sales page. And I'm also going to give you the four core points that every sales page must include. Now, because I'm going to give you so much information, I don't want you to be taking copious notes and you're likely busy doing something. You might be working out right now or on a train or in the subway or whatever you're doing. You don't got time for notes. I get it. So what I've done is I've taken those four questions and the four core points of every sales page and I put them into a one page cheat sheet. So I've already done the heavy lifting for you. It is waiting for you right now. I want you to go to amyporterfield.com forward slash 113 download, or just text the phrase 113 download to the number 33444. So either go online or text me. I'll send it to you right away. Now, a quick word of advice. If you're anything like me, you might think, oh, I'll just wait to grab it when I'm ready to write my next sales page. I don't want you to do that because like I said, if you're anything like me, you're going to totally forget what episode to go back to, to get this free cheat sheet for your sales page creation, do it now, save it. And then it will be ready for you when you need it next time. 
So again, amyporterfield.com forward slash 113 download, grab it, save it, use it when you actually really need it for your next sales page. Okay. So let's now dive in to the art of a brilliant sales page. So what's our ultimate outcome of a sales page to sell, right? But what if we took that to a deeper level? When I asked my copywriter Rye this exact question, this is what he said. The ultimate outcome of a sales page is to coach the reader to become your client. In other words, to coach them from being just a semi-interested bystander to someone that was totally engaged with you. I also said, I want the reader to feel incredibly empowered in the decision to become a buyer. And I also want them to feel forgiven of any of their missteps along the way. Oh, this is good. Be forgiven of the missteps along the way. Now, I'm not going to get into that just yet. That's a teaser for you. But when I get into those four questions that you want to ask before you start to write, I'm going to get into detail about this idea of forgiveness. So I'll come back to that for sure. But basically what Rye is saying is that when he puts together a sales page, it's never a slimy sell. It's all about coaching. It's a conversation. It's a give and take where you have their best intentions at heart. Now, at the end of the day, you want your potential customer to feel like this product, program, or service will help them shape a better version of themselves. Now, to achieve this, I want to talk about a four by four formula. The four questions you must ask before even starting to write a single word for your sales page and the four core points to keep in mind once you're ready to write. So let's start with those four questions. Now for Rye, he doesn't even start writing his sales page until he spends a good day outlining his sales page. And I love that idea. If you're part of my Courses That Convert program, you know that I have you spend seven full days, not every hour of the day, but seven full days creating an outline for your course. And so if now we're talking about the sales page to, let's say, sell your course, I want you to spend at least one full day outlining your sales page. And I want to emphasize this because Rye, just like many good copywriters, spend a lot of time on the outline, the flow, the structure before they ever write a single word. Now, when you're building your outline for your sales page, I want you to ask yourself these four questions to really get a sense of what that sales page is going to do for your potential customer. The first question, and this is kind of an easy one for most, what's the core problem here? What about your course or product or service are you solving in terms of a challenge or problem or issue? And it might actually be a core desire that you are presenting. So it might not come to you as a challenge. It might mean that your audience wants something desperately bad, this desire, and you're giving it to them through your course, service, product, whatever it might be. But ultimately, most people are looking to solve a problem with the product that they've created. And you need to get really clear about that. So if you're not clear, I want you to sit down and figure out what it is that you are solving in terms of a challenge problem or what desire are you fulfilling? Question number two, 
What steps has your potential customer already taken to try to solve this problem? So for example, what blogs are they reading? Which courses have they already considered buying or have they already purchased? What events have they attended? Who have they worked with in the past? This question is so incredibly valuable. So inside Courses That Convert, I teach my students how to make what I call course calls to validate their course idea. And in those course calls, one of the questions I have them ask is, what have you already tried? So if you truly want XYZ results, what have you already done to try to get those results? What's maybe kind of worked for you? What has totally not worked for you? Where is your mind in terms of what you've tried to do and what you want to do? Getting into the mindset around this core question is so incredibly valuable because think about it. On your sales page, you can talk about some of the missteps they've had along the way. And when you identify those missteps, they feel that you really, truly get them. Your copy is going to resonate with them when you know what they've already done, already tried, when you know what their journey has looked like up until this point. So getting clear about that will help you immensely. Also, if they've never tried anything, then you want to get a little bit deeper with them because are they serious about achieving a result to this problem or is this something they really desire or maybe it's just like a good to have, but they're not that serious about it. You got to really understand this. So it might mean that you've got to get on the phone with a few of your past customers or someone that you feel would be a perfect candidate for your product. And you need to start asking them questions to better understand the journey of your next customer. So really important. Okay. So these next two questions, cause we already went for the first two, what's the core problem here that you're solving and what steps have your potential customers already taken to get to this point? Now, these next two questions were the aha questions to me. They really were brand new in terms of how I looked about communicating with my potential customer. So I was really most excited to share these next two with you. So question number three, what does your potential customer need to forgive themselves about before buying? What have they procrastinated with? What have they maybe bought that didn't work? So this kind of ties into question number two, what have they tried? But it actually goes deeper. It's more about the emotions and feelings. And let's be honest, people buy with emotions and feelings. They don't buy with their mind. They buy with their heart. So I want you to ask yourself, where does forgiveness need to be given? And this was kind of weird to me because I thought about it when Rye shared this with me. I thought, well, who am I to be forgiving them? Like I might not even have that deep connection with them. And that part doesn't matter. It's more about you bringing to light that, yeah, you've had some missteps along the way. I get it. Yeah, that didn't work out for you. You totally failed in that area. That's okay. Let's totally forgive all of that. Let's start over. Let's start new. And when you have that conversation on your sales page, it's a totally different conversation than they've likely had with themselves before. And we all know how good it feels to be forgiven of our mistakes. 
no matter what they are, it feels good. So your job is to actually give that forgiveness. Now, it doesn't mean that you're going to write on your sales page, you are forgiven for buying products that didn't work. That's not really the conversation. So I thought, let me give you an example so you kind of see how it could play out. As you may or may not know, I am a big supporter of Marie Forleo's B-School program. I took it many, many years ago. I've actually taken it multiple times and I love the program. And so I am a partner in B-School, meaning I'm an affiliate where I promote it to my own audience. And I go all out. When I promote it, I do webinars. I create my own sales page, even though it's not my own program. I create my own sales page and I offer bonuses and I really take it seriously. And when I do webinars for B-School, one of the things that I talk about is being an online program junkie. And so there's a slide that says, if you haven't yet enrolled in B-School, maybe one of the reasons that's holding you back is because in the past, you've been an online program junkie. You've bought a bunch of programs, feeling desperate that it's going to solve this problem or that problem. And then you get the program and you don't even go through it. Or maybe you go through module one and then you get busy and you do something else and you've just wasted tons of money. And I tell them, because this is the truth, I have been in your shoes. In the early days of starting my online business, I snatched up every online program that I could afford or sometimes couldn't afford in desperation to help me educate myself in terms of what I needed to do to start my online business. And I was so desperate that some of the programs I bought, I didn't even touch. It's like I needed to have them to say I got them, but then I never even had time to go through them. So I had this amazing guilt that I was an online program junkie. And so I share this with my own students and I talk about it on the sales page and in the webinars because I want them to know that one, they're not alone and two, they are forgiven. I get it. I've been there too, but there's something you can do about that. And one of the things you can do is never again, purchase a program and not be fully engaged. And then I give them some tips to be fully engaged in B-School when they enroll. So that never happens again. So I identify the problem. I let them know I've been there before because that is the truth. And in not so many words, I forgive them for doing exactly what I did too. And then I give them a plan so they never, ever do it again. So that's like an example of forgiving your students for their missteps. And there's a lot of missteps that people are going to take before they ever get to the point of wanting to buy your product because we're all human. So identify those. And maybe that means you need to do a little bit more research. Maybe that means you need to get on the phone with some potential students of yours and hear their story. I think I talked about this in another podcast episode, and I can't even remember when I would have talked about it, but I talked about how my dad, when he would drop me off at elementary school, he'd say, okay, Amy, it's better to listen than to talk. And when we're talking about these calls that you might have with potential students, definitely listen more than you talk. Because even if there's some awkward, silent pauses, if you don't push the conversation, they'll start telling you the things that they don't typically like to share because they're going to feel a little bit safer if you're a little bit more patient with them and you don't push the conversation. So listen more than you talk. Okay. 
So number three was good, right? This whole idea of forgiveness and missteps and pointing them out and being really raw and honest on your sales page, that's going to change the game considerably. But there's one more question that I want you to ask. And that question is, how can you make them feel good about something they previously were hurt about? So buying the course gives them access to complete that healing process and even empowers them to move forward. So let me give you an example. A lot of my examples come back to courses that convert because I just finished the program and we just launched it. But for courses that convert, I had to forgive them for starting and stopping a bunch of times with creating their course. So when we go back to question number three, the forgiveness on that sales page was about the fact that many of my potential students had tried to start and complete a course and they never got to the finish line. They might have an outline or a title and a logo or a half finished outline. And then maybe they recorded a few videos, but that's as far as they have gotten. So I had to forgive them for the fact that they've tried this and they just never have gotten to the finish line. And then for question number four, how can you make them feel good about some of those missteps is that I said, I created this course with you in mind. It's all about getting to the finish line in 60 days. There's no shame in not finishing what you started. If today you start new and if you start with an actual roadmap that will get you there. You didn't have a roadmap before. You didn't know how to get to the finish line. So forgive yourself for not getting there. Now I'm going to make you feel really good about some of those past hurts because I'm going to give you the roadmap and you're going to get there. So you see how that kind of works its way in. So there's some really cool elements that if you think about these things before you actually start to write your sales page, it almost becomes a whole different kind of conversation. It's not the cookie cutter, you know, here's what I have to offer you. Here are the benefits of the program, the features of the program, and now buy. It's a different kind of conversation. Now, does it sometimes mean that it's a longer conversation, maybe a longer sales page? Yeah, possibly. And in the next episode, number 114, which is part two of the sales page series, we're going to talk about the length of a sales page. Does it need to be really long? Can it be really short? You still get to the point. We'll talk about that next week. So don't worry, we'll get there. Now, once you have answered these four questions and you start to outline your sales page, I want to make sure that you focus on what I'm calling the four P's. So the problem first, we actually went over that already but I want you to also paint a picture. I want you to put your story out there and I want you to pounce on objections. Now I use the word pounce because that was the fourth P I couldn't figure out how to work it in there. Have you guys ever done that where you really want it to fit? So the word's a little awkward, but we're going with it. So let's go over these four P's. Number one, it's all about the problem. So always, always, always talk about the problem first and your product second. I see so many sales pages that jump right into the product description without acknowledging the problem first. And that's why the first question I asked you was, what is this problem that you're solving? So you got to get clear on that. And then you're going to lead with that. So I want to share with you an example from my list builders lab program. So pretty early on in the sales page, I ask what I call the million dollar question and why I still cringe when I hear it. So I'm just going to read this little ditty to you because this is 
all about starting with a problem. This is what I said. You've probably been asked this dozens of times, maybe even hundreds by business coaches, potential partners, mastermind groups, and concerned spouses. They ask it with the best of intentions, but even still, it can land like an A-bomb to an entrepreneurial's fragile psyche, especially when you're already skating on thin ice, unsure how many more hits you can take before the ice cracks and you have to fall back into whatever world you just left behind. So what's the question? How many people do you have on your list? Ah, still makes me want to slip into my invisible cloak and dig myself a deep digital hole. And maybe you too can relate because in my mind, there's no question more anxiety provoking for an online business owner in their first few years than this one. It's a question that can make you feel like a total fraud or in my case, a flat out failure. And I still remember the first time I got asked it. And then I go on now, Rye helped me write that. So that wasn't just all me, but Rye and I work closely together in terms of him understanding where my audience is starting. And for a list building program, I started with the problem. And that is that you want to cringe when people say, well, how many people are on your list? So we painted that picture, which is number two of the core points I want you to pay attention to. So you start with the problem and then you paint the picture. And that's exactly what we did here. So when you paint that picture, you really get into their world. And I don't know about you, but even when I was reading that, I could feel it. You know, I love the part where we say that you even get asked this question by a concerned spouse. I remember it wasn't my spouse, but my dad, I'll tell you guys a quick story. When I first did really, really well with one of my big promotions, like I think it was almost a million dollars. And I shared that with my dad. And I don't know if you guys have had the experience of sharing successes about your online business to people that are not in the online business world, but when you start to do really good, they're like blown away. And so for my father, who's blue collar to the bone, you guys know he's a firefighter for most of my life. And he never really made the kind of money that you can make online but he's always cheered his daughters on my sister and I to do well in business. So when I finally sat down with him, cause he wanted to understand like what my business looked like. And this was many years in, I shared with them how we had almost made a million dollars with a big launch I did a few years ago. And he looked at me, first of all, like I was crazy. Like, what do you mean? Is this legal? What are you doing? Like he was very concerned, but then he had me explain to him how the business worked. And I said, well, dad, As I grow my business, one of the most important assets in an online business is your email list. And you constantly want to be growing your email list and then nurturing those that are on your email list. So I took him through this little tutorial about what that was all about. So now when my dad calls me, and this was years ago, he'll ask, how's work going? How's business going? I'll say, really good, dad. Things are going great. Well, are you still nurturing your list? Are you still growing your list? Like that is his number one question from a concerned father, because he understands now that as my list grows and as it's nurtured, I will continue to do well in business. So I just wanted to share that with you guys, because when I think about concerned spouses or concerned dads asking you about your email list, that's when they start to understand like, whoa, this is important stuff. We got to build that foundation of the business so you can do well. So that's my little story for you. But getting back to these four P's, you're going to start with the problem. 
And then you're going to paint the picture. And that's kind of what I just showed you there reading that little ditty from my sales page. That's exactly what I did right from the get-go. Like right when you go on the sales page, you scroll down a little bit and there it is. Now, the third P is all about putting your story out there. So when you tell your own story, make sure it's in a relatable way and not about a piece where you're bragging about your accomplishments. So I want you to be really honest and really real. And if you have a story to share, I want you to do it. Now, if you don't have a story to share, this is a little side note, you want to borrow a story from somebody else and tell their story not as your own, we're being full of integrity here, but you want to tell a story about somebody who has had a struggle related to what you are selling in terms of getting results. So the story time is really important. So some examples of what I've done on my webinar sales page is that I talked about my webinar missteps. I mean, the first webinar I ever did was when I still worked at Tony Robbins and I deleted the webinar the night before and all 800 paying customers, they paid to be on this webinar, 800 paying customers were sent an email that said, this webinar has been canceled. That was my first real introduction to webinars. So I talk about that because my students are very afraid of tech issues. And I said, if I can overcome that one, you guys can overcome yours as well. And I also talk about coming to the webinar party late I feel like people were doing webinars way before I ever joined the party because I know my students feel like, gosh, if I haven't done webinars yet. I probably should never do them because I'm super late to, you know, this type of strategy. So I talk about that because I know that they can relate. And I also do this with list building. So on my list building page, I didn't even start list building till two years into my business. And I really felt the burn because of it. Like I had major failures because of my lack of list building. So I talk about that as well. So my examples are easier because I teach what I do in my business and that might not be you, but I still want to push you to find those stories that will connect and resonate with your audience. They might not be your stories, but they've got to be real life stories of people overcoming the obstacles and getting the results that your customers truly want to get. So you want to tell your story or someone's story for sure. And you know how I keep giving you guys little examples of my own sales pages? Well, next week in episode number 114, I actually have a freebie where I took screen grabs of my sales pages of these little areas that I thought you would want to see it in action. And you don't just want to hear me read it. Like I want to give you the examples. So I'm really excited about next week's freebie number 114. When it goes live, make sure you grab it because you get to see this all in action. We are online marketers, which means we have unique needs. And there are so many options out there for paid media. Sometimes it's hard to figure out where should you go to reach your ideal audience. But here's the thing. Have you thought about LinkedIn ads? LinkedIn ads empowers marketers with solutions for you and your customers, and it allows you to build the right relationships and drive results and reach your customers with meaningful content. You do not want to sleep on LinkedIn ads. And here's the thing, 79% of content marketers said LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. I hear it from so many of my peers. And I know you're doing important work. And with that, you want to make sure that the work you're doing is getting in front of the right people. And that's what LinkedIn ads will allow you to do. 
So let your marketing efforts connect with the right audience and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. So if you go to linkedin.com slash Amy, you can get that $100 credit. So that's linkedin.com slash Amy. Terms and conditions apply. And then number four of the four Ps, and that is pounce on objections because I needed a P word. I want you to use your FAQ, your frequently asked questions as a way of answering any objections that you might get from somebody that's thinking about buying, but they're still on the fence. So this is a crucial, crucial point. Now, the great thing is this is a perfect segue. The FAQ discussion is a perfect segue into next week's episode because there's some overlap here. When I talked to Rye about the four Ps, he brought up the FAQs and the fact that you want a section on your sales page that literally lists the questions that are often asked when people are ready to buy, but they're not 100% in yet. They're still on the fence, the questions, and then you answer them on your sales page. And I've been doing this for all of my sales pages since I started. So I've got some good examples to share with you, but I'm going to do that next week because when Melanie next week talks about the five core elements of the science of a sales page, she also talks about the FAQ. So that overlap is a perfect segue to tease the fact that you definitely got to show up next week and listen to episode number 114, because I will get into this final P, the pounce on objections so that you can really understand how to tackle this most important area or one of the most important areas of your sales page. So there you have it. I hope you found immense value in some of the strategies and tips that I shared with you today, especially those from my copywriter, Rye Schwartz. I think the guy is a genius and I really loved what he shared about forgiving your audience. I thought that was probably one of the most profound things I've ever learned about writing copy for a sales page. So I hope you found that just as valuable. Now I want to remind you that I took notes for you for this episode. So the four questions and the four P's that I went over, they're all in a one page cheat sheet waiting for you right now. All you need to do is go to amyporterfield.com forward slash 113 download, or you can text the phrase 113 download to the number 33444. Grab it now, save it, use it the next time you sit down to create your next sales page. Thank you so very much for tuning in today. I love sharing these tips and strategies with you, but don't forget, this is a two-part series and you just listened to part one. So next week's episode, number 114, we'll get into the science of a brilliant sales page. And we're going to talk about the headline and testimonials and FAQs and so much more. So do not miss it. Episode number 114. I cannot wait to see you there. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com.